With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Indeed it is. Judd's Hockey Show, which means it's time for Judd Zolgan. It's time for Declan Goff, and we are going to, going to be talking about a variety of subjects today, including uh, the win over the Capitals last night. We apologize to all of those who are now conditioned, and we really appreciate this, to say, is there a JHS immediately following the game? But Declan, you alluded to this. There is a reason why we didn't do an immediate post-game show. There is, um, you know what we are. What's that? So you're, let's say that you're Zuccarello. Okay. I'm Sam Steele. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, so, you know, I mean, you're, you know, your first year was great. It was fine. But, you know, we're, we're like, man, what if he, what, what if, if there bombs? Was, what if there was a guy, what if there was a <laughs> contributor who could finish the goals, a finisher, a Fiala type, maybe better, maybe a Capri sub type. Well, we found that person. Let's welcome in Jesse Pierce. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, wearing her North Star shirt that she bought. We'll explain. <laughs> Jesse Pierce, far down beauty's fame, obviously score north with Thor, Before I Die, Vikings podcast fame. And now a woman who is at, I think, just about every single wild home game and practices is joining us as a contributor once a week to Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome aboard, Jesse. Well, thank you. Flattery will get you everywhere with me, Judd. So that was a beautiful intro. I am very much like Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, thank you for acknowledging that. I've been forever trying to get that out there in the world, but now I'm glad you know you finally put it out there. I fell on the Sam Steele. Yeah, you did. Comparison for it. Well, it, it wouldn't be nice to call Declan Sam Steele. That, and, that, and it was it's very interesting. Seems... You also kind of looped in Jesse as Kaprizov or Fiala. So like, Fiala. Are, are, are we? And I love Fiala, but are we trading Jesse by mm-hmm. the summer because she's, she's only good as her last <laughs> you can't game? Afford, like, well, or because we... you couldn't afford me. Really, yeah, what are well, we doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody came to Jesse and said Los Angeles <laughs> or Minnesota, she might say, hey, you know what? I'll become a Kings contributor and soak up the sun. I don't know. I'm a Minnesota girl through and through. Well, I've tried. I've dabbled other places. I like it here. I'm not a California guy myself. All right, before we start, tell the tell the story of your shirt because this is this is what endears <laughs> you to me as a North Star fan. You obviously didn't see them, but tell the no. story about a shirt that I think is fantastic. I just I love old school hockey, everything about it. Like it is fantastic to be able to have the opportunity to interview players of today, the Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby's. 
but give me the old school, like Bobby Orr's and, you know, the guys that played hockey back in our day. I just love it. Obviously, the Minnesota Nor- North Star is a huge part of that. So I had acquired a Minnesota Moose sweatshirt and I was like, oh my God, I love this. This is my new lot in life is I'm going to seek out these vintage shirts. And I was like, I need a Minnesota North Stars Stanley Cup playoff shirt. Came across this one on Etsy, spent more than I would have liked to, <laughs> but I was so excited, still so excited. Received the shirt, hoping that it would smell like Met Center and vintage North Stars. No, it smells like a man's sweat, you guys. But that's okay. It's okay because it's real. It's authentic. I'm sure somebody cheered their heart out while watching the North Stars eventually lose. Uh, but so it has that aroma of a vintage as well. I love it, though. My mom laughs at me. and She's like, you know, I had one of those, like really actually had one. I was like, well, you should have hung on to it. Yes. No kidding. Because no. mom probably didn't sweat. Probably not. Would have been nice so, like, to that, get that. That would have been nice. <laughs> Dex, you see, you are now old school. As Bill Karen once told me on this show, he said, you are so stuck in 80s hockey culture, Judd. It's incredible. You see, more people, more That's power, right. old school, Dex. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I know. I'm glad that Jesse was able to do it. It doesn't smell like beer and cigarettes. Um, you know, it just smells like man. It just smells like gross, smelly <laughs> oh, man. I think we'd yeah. even take the former in, in that in that regard. Take some beer, dump it on the shirt, wash the shirt, and perhaps it will smell of stale beer. <laughs> that's but that's preferable thinking. because that's that's the Met. Honestly, I would rather like go sit by a fire for a while and just let the smoke filter in because I think that's what would really maybe kick it out there. A little bit of both. Who knows? All right. Here's what we are going to do uh, once a, a week. So to expedite the show, to get the maximum amount of talkers, to delve into the controversial. Um, I'm going to throw out four questions per week and we, and we will bat those around. They'll certainly lead into different discussions as well, which is always fun on this show. Uh, but let's start with this one. I want one main takeaway from each of you, starting with Jesse Declan and then me from the wilds victory over Washington last night. What was your main takeaway from that game? Philip Gustafson, I have long, anybody who follows me knows that I'm a little harsh on goaltenders, uh, tend to be a little critical. I really don't know why, because there's no way I could stop a puck coming at me 90 miles an hour. But for whatever reason, I feel like that's what I like to attack. Um, You know, for the past few weeks, the past couple starts, you've really seen Philip Gustafson become more comfortable in his role. There has been a rotation, whether coach Dean Evson wants to admit it or not, they have been going back and forth, back and forth between him and Marc-Andre Fleury, and rightfully so. Uh, Philip Gustafson, 10-2 and two in his past 12 starts, um, and obviously a big start against Washington. Yes, they're coming off on the second half of a back-to-back, so I'm sure that played a little bit into it, but he stood his own. He did well, uh, certainly throughout the entire three periods, probably one of the only players that showed up for three periods, yeah. uh, and, and all in all, I really think he was kind of my surprise. He just continues to impress me game after game that he's in. I'm shocked. Yeah. Right. It is shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, Judd and I did not see this coming. I mean, no. I think we all, we all saw him as, all right, Marc-Andre Fleury is your starter and you have a backup. Like you have a clear backup, like cross your fingers. And then when he has to play back to backs, he will. And maybe this guy only has to start 25 times and hopefully it's going to be okay. And now all of a sudden, I mean, he's playing better than Marc-Andre has for the last two or three months here. Um, I'm kind of with you, Jess. I'm with you on the whole goalie conspiracy goalie, uh, you know, kind of question marks because, 
Uh, you know, there's such a volatile position. You don't really know what you're going to get. And we're watching that with Gustafson in a good way. I mean, the fact that we thought he was just going to be a backup and now he's turning into something spectacular. I think going forward is, you know, not overpaying for your goaltenders. You know, you see so many other teams in the NHL overpay for net miners and it just cripples them, especially when it's such a hard salary cap in the NHL. Um, but to answer Judd's question, I, I think too, yeah, Gustafson was great, but you know, they, they didn't play a really good game. I mean, they had like five shots on net through the first 30 minutes of, of play, essentially. Um, they were able to squeak by and and get two points. So you, you'll you'll take the points, a sloppy two points, but at the same time, I'm kind of a bit in, in, in the camp of winning is winning. So Wild figure out a way to win, even when their top line plays so poorly like they did. Yeah. Um, and Gustafson was, was strong in net. Yeah, the top line did nothing. Nothing. That's as, that's as big a disappearing act as I've seen from... Kaprizov and his line and how long like we, we've seen it before but it feels like at least throughout the course of the season that you know there's a shift or at least two shifts uh but the two lines so it seemed to me that the steel line and the Goudreau line did nothing the echo line had some marvelous shifts and the fourth line I think I'm falling in love <laughs> I think I'm falling in love with the fourth line I love Ryan Reeves I'm on a, speaking of old school hockey culture um, but yeah, those bottom two lines to me were, were absolutely the catalysts for, for sparking the team. So yeah, I thought that was a, that was a hell of a performance without Kaprizov basically play. I mean, I would say those two lines, that's your identity. You're this gritty team still. Minnesota has always been this gritty team. And I think last year they lost sight of that because they were able to rely on a little bit more skill. You had those players really stepping up again. Marcus Foligno is not going to be that goal scorer. He was. Ryan Hartman wasn't going to be healthy or not. They are a gritty grinding team. And so I think that's why those two lines really showed you. I mean, they've long said that the uh, grief line, Greenway, Eck, and Foligno are your identity line, but that fourth line too, stepping up and doing their thing. I'm with you, Judd. Love me some Ryan Reeves. He is just hilarious to me and just knows what to do out there. Uh, and it has an intimidation factor with a respect as well, which I really appreciate. Absolutely. Mine was this, the Brodine goal. That's the prettiest <laughs> goal. That's one of the prettiest goals I've seen from a wild defenseman ever, ever. Um, I, I thought what they, the defenseman bought, brought what? Two from Spurgeon, Brodine scored. Uh, but that Brodeen goal in particular was just an absolute, like, I know he's great. And and I think we take him and Spurgeon to a certain degree for granted, just because they're so consistent and so good. Um, but it's, I saw that goal and thought, I'd like to see that a few times. Mm-hmm. Like that was, speaking of Bobby Orr, Robert Gordon Orr, speaking of him, <laughs> that was some Bobby Orr stuff right there. That That goal to me stood out as what Brodeen is capable of doing when he feels like it's not the right word because, but when he is so inspired as to try that, he can do that. His skill, I think is off the charts. His edges on that play, the way he was just oh. able to cycle and go around the world. Like that's something you see sure out of Bobby or Kirill Kaprizov has done that a handful of times. Like he did it just as seamlessly as Kaprizov has. So it was, it was a good reminder of what you have in Jonas Brody. And I think this year he's kind of been a little bit more inconsistent than we've seen in years past. There's been a couple games where you're like, huh? But at the end of the day, he is that mainstay blue liner that you really love and appreciate who is able to jump into the play. But you, you said it there, Judd, him and Spurge, you are. You're so comfortable with them. You know what they're capable of. They don't get the accolades nationally that maybe they would on a bigger market team, but they're two defensemen that you absolutely do not ever want to part with for if you're the Minnesota Wild. 
That leads into question two. Uh, so Bill Guerin held a, a state of the team midseason press conference on uh, Saturday and w- was asked about the trade deadline, which is, is coming up on March 3rd. So here's the question. Will the Wild make a trade by then, and will it involve Matt Gumba? Let me go. You go first, Dex. So, Jess, I'm. I was kind of hesitant towards this for the most for the majority of the season. I mean, he's been. What is this like? The fifth January in a row of of the last five years where we've thought about we've thought about a Matt Dumba trade at the NHL trade deadline, and I've kind of um, kind of soured on it the last few years after he got named an alternate captain, basically since Bill Guerin took over and just kind of what he's meant to the room. Sure, he hasn't maybe been the same offensive producer that he was like three or four years ago after the Kachuk injury, um, but I thought he meant so much to the room, and Garen doesn't like to really disrupt that. He'll add to the room, but he certainly won't subtract to the room for for something just because you have to make a trade or make your team better. But just reading tea leaves a little bit more, and then also just watching Dumba's play lately, it's clear he's probably not going to be back next season, at least definitely not at the figure he's been making over his last five seasons. And I think if they can find the right trade that doesn't, again, cripple that room, I think the likelihood of this move happening has now increased for me like significantly, especially over the last month or so. Um, and even though the Wild are in a good spot, right, they're, they're, they're probably a lock to be a playoff team at this point. I still think if they're able to trade him and get something back that helps them out short-term and potentially long-term, I think Bill Guerin's going to pull the trigger and do it. Yeah, you know, I'm. you said a lot of my sentiments and feelings on it as well. I mean, we've asked Dumba about it, too. He knows that he's been tossed out there time and time again, but this is a contract year for him. So it seems like it's more and more possible because just financially, you can't afford to bring a Matt Dumba back. Even if he took a team-friendly contract, it's still not going to be down enough. Uh, but you had touched on their Declan, the locker room. Bill Guerin is such a proponent of making sure his locker room is very together. That culture is very, very important to him. And he's made all the right moves. It's no coincidence, I don't think, that Ryan Reeves comes in and things turned around because while Ryan Reeves might not put up the production on the ice, he brought this youthfulness and energy and just kind of air that that locker room needed because the beginning of this year, this Minnesota Wild team was a little bit quiet, a little bit flat for whatever reason. Reeves changed that around. My point being then, Dumba is a big part of that locker room. So I don't think Bill Guerin's just going to get rid of him knowing that he's probably going to lose him to free agency this summer. Anyway, I think you're right. It's going to come down to what can you get for him? His play hasn't necessarily put him up there with any big names. And I know Bill Guerin certainly wants to get of equal value back. He doesn't want to just get rid of a player just to get rid of him, especially if the team's in a good position. So, I mean, I think I want to see how the next couple of weeks, obviously play out, but Matt Dumba, I, you know, it would be nice to maybe get a good prospect. And I think Bill Guerin has a good uh, pulse on a lot of that type of stuff. Obviously, great relationships with different teams. So it'll be interesting. Would I be bummed if they traded Matt Dumba? Absolutely not. Uh, again, great person. He's done so much for the community and Minnesota here. But uh, yeah, exactly. Out of here. I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's uh, just one, one thing that Dex and I have been talking about now for probably a month plus. Um, and it's sort of a theme of the show where, where we tend to beat things down because what the hell? Um, and it's this. I think if Garen could do it, and this this is sort of sensitive because of the cap and, like you said, the room and not alienating this guy completely, but I think if Bill Garen could find a wing, uh, so, who, who's a dog? I was going to say, can you hear that? I was just, yes, it's fine, though. We love dogs. He's got, he's got Dumba takes. There's a person walking down the street, I'm sure, just living their life that she oh. has to intimidate, you know. 
Oh, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. So to, to, uh, to get back to the thought that we've been talking about now, um, if you could find a winger, not Fiala clearly, but more along those lines to compliment Boldy. Because like to your point, so Felino isn't going to score it like he did, but he still brings a lot. I'm beginning to wonder about Hartman at times. He takes penalties. Um, he's not a bad player, but, you know, he signed to a great contract and he was absolutely out of his mind last season. So I do wonder if Philly could make a trade where he trades Dumba, if they could get a winger. Because um, I think in their I think in their world, agree or, or disagree, the centers are fine. The issue is Boldy has no one to compliment him right now. And so you can't unlock him. So that's the thing where I think Garen will privately continue to work the phones to see if it's possible. Because, you know, and Garen keeps saying now, after Matt signed the contract, that Boldy Boldy is a guy that likes to make plays. So here's my question. Who's he making them for right now? Look at you. It's so like, philosophical of you. But he's passing the puck to, you know, I, I mean, God bless him. Goudreau works his ass off. And he scores some goals. And he has some skill. But it's it's some skill. Mm-hmm. Ryan Hartman is, in my opinion, fallen off the face of the earth compared to last season, which does not shock me. So doesn't it make sense that you would try to get a guy, a complimentary piece for Matt? Because Boldy wants to create plays. So let's give him somebody who can finish those plays. I certainly would. I don't want a defenseman back in a Matt Dumba trade. I think you've got Brock Faber where depending on how long the Gophers go, you've got him down in Iowa. You still have Andre Schuster. They've got a couple other solid defenseman prospects. So I'm with you there, Judd, on the forward aspect of coming back in this trade. Um, You know, I think with Boldy, definitely he needs another player, a better complimentary. I think Freddie Goudreau's done okay. Sometimes you see these hot flashes like, oh, maybe he is good. And then you're like, "Eh, maybe he's just kind of there. Um, But I think also a lot of, Boldy being unlocked relies on Boldy. I think that's just his personality. He is just this quiet kid that he looks to make the play instead of shoot. He'd rather pass instead of take the shot. And some of that has to come with from within too. So I think if he increased that, but you're right, who finishes it then, right? Or who is going to help him along? Um, the problem is all of the forwards that I like on the market right now are the ones that are too expensive, right? Like you would love to see... <clears throat> Maybe a Brock Besser come home. I know people have their feelings on him, but I think you would completely unleash another animal if he was playing here at home close to his family. I don't want a JT Miller. Don't mind a Bo Horvat. Um, but yeah, I think a forward is where they they need to look. I think somebody, even if it's just for a rental, I'm okay with rentals. I used to hate them. I'm okay with them at this point, considering the cat position that they're at. So give me a good forward. You're right. Give me somebody that you can rely on. I wouldn't even mind moving Sam Steele out of that top center position seeing somebody else up there i know i know i like sam Steele, like what he's doing i just would like to see him somewhere else Next last uh, one. yeah I, I the problem is is can you find someone probably like on an entry level deal or a low level deal that we're sleeping on that we probably aren't talking about as much like a like that's not a bo horvat that's not a brock besser that's someone that is probably being log jammed or just looking for a new opportunity i mean the Jacob Middleton trade, right? Like that came kind of completely out of left field. Like all of a sudden they got this great, great player who now is a mainstay on their blue line. um, And that's turned out to be a a core player for them. Can they find someone on the offensive side? That's probably in a similar vein. The one that we're not talking about as much, but could help unleash Fiala too. Cause 
I don't think he'll just trade Dumba for prospects. He could do that if they got, you know, obviously the right haul or, or, or the right high enough draft capital to do so. But I think it's improving this offense enough to make them a little bit better and deeper come playoff time. And if they can find someone like that, I think they'll pull the trigger to get to get everyone going. Because, I mean, look at how Boldy and Fiala had their chemistry last year. They both needed each other to a degree. And if, if they can find someone to compliment Boldy a little bit more, or basically reap the benefits of Boldy being a playmaker, then that'll be a win for, for, the, for that line and for the Wild as well. One final tidbit, too. The one thing you'd have to consider is who comes out then. If you do go and get another forward, who comes out of that lineup? They already struggled with having Mason Shaw come out because certainly he didn't necessarily deserve to come out. But every one of those got Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame. I mean, that's another thing that you'd have to think of is like what makes sense? Who sits? Who's uh, eating a hot dog up in the press <laughs> box with us? Who's not? You're right. You're right. All right. Question three. So Garen said um, that his biggest surprise so far halfway through has been not surprisingly Gustafson's play in goal. So taking Philip Gustafson out of this equation, because it is an obvious one, who is your biggest surprise and who is your biggest disappointment as we have reached approximate halfway point of the season? Jesse, my big, I'll start with my biggest disappointment, Jordan Greenway. Now, obviously he has had uh, some injuries that have certainly not allowed him to get up to speed, but I think you saw, Finally, that look of Jordan Greenway possibly getting over that hump, finally becoming this player that they had projected him to be. And I see him reverting back to his some of his old ways, his old tendencies on and off the ice. I just I'm disappointed. I wanted so much more for Greener. Uh, I, I think last year he came such a long way. I was so excited. I do still like how he's playing alongside Eric Sinek and Felino. No doubt. No question at all. But I just think he. Just I'm I'm meh. I'm very meh on him now. I'm very over it. I'm over kind of the experiment. I'm kind of done with he's going to get better because I don't think he is. I think his latest injury too is one that's going to be incredibly hard for him to come back for at any point in his career. It's a it was a very significant injury, one that's easily re-aggravated. So I think that's only going to continue to work against him. But just you've seen his work ethic get depleted as well a little bit. And and I don't appreciate that. I, I wish more for him. My biggest surprise. It would have been Gus because, like you guys, I had said very hot-handedly, he's a bona fide backup. Like, I came in this year thinking, like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but I would say my other biggest surprise would be Kalen Addison. And maybe that's not as big a surprise for most people uh, because last year you saw those glimpses. There are people that are heavy in the prospect pool saying, hey, he's going to be great. But he is really freaking good, you guys. I mean, he quarterbacks that power play like he's been doing it for years. Um, he's shooting the puck more too, which I think is great. He is one of the best rookie defensemen, if not the best rookie defenseman in the league right now. So I think Kalen has really even surpassed some of the expectations I had for him this year. Uh, and it's been really exciting and fun to watch. I'll, I'll give you a little weird one for, for biggest surprise. And it's a surprising biggest surprise, but how much Joel Erickson X game continues just to increase even more. So this was a guy who I thought was a really good grinder player. And in fact, when he was taken, I believe, right ahead of Brock Besser, and Besser burst on the scene right away, we all kind of thought, oh, we wasted an opportunity, right? Local kid, he's scoring big-time goals with Vancouver. And now you can probably make the case that Joel Erickson Eck is a better player than Brock Besser, and that was the right pick. And and look, he he's always been the grinder type, but he's getting a lot more offense going. I mean, he's on, he's on pace to have a big career season uh, offensively. He always seems to have a knack for getting shorthanded goals and driving situations and getting the empty netter, even like uh, he did the other night. I think even his game blossoming from an offensive standpoint is, is great to see because he's always going to be gritty and grindy and 
get, you know, those goals in front of the net, but he's actually showing a lot more skill and a lot more surprise than I ever thought he would. And it's a good thing for the wild. It's hard to find centers like this. Um, I mean, he's basically kind of been a people always thought a diet Miko Koivu from the, from his production and how he, how he plays on the ice. And I think actually his production could even succeed that uh, going forward, given the fact he's still just 25 uh, going on 26 years old. Uh, I think biggest disappointment for me, uh, probably Greenway. I, you could even loop Foligno into that to a degree. I, I uh, You knew the uh, the regression was coming. I was kind of with you too, Jess. I was telling Judd that for the last year and a half that a guy who's shooting like at a 30% shooting percentage who doesn't shoot the puck, I mean, unless you're shooting at a healthy, consistent amount, you can have a balloon shooting percentage, but that was something that just wasn't sustainable. Um, and I love his presence in the room. I don't think he's a detriment to the team, but his play has fallen off to a degree um, offensively. And now the Wilds still have to kind of figure out, do they have enough offense to indeed make a run? He has, they have the size, obviously. Mm-hmm. The, Polino's still going to bring that, but do they have enough offense when it comes playoff time to make a run? Disappointment for me is simple. Hartman, he got hurt, but I mean, his play, we knew it was going to regress. I mean, Dex spent, Dex spent entire last year basically saying Felino and Hartman are like, enjoy this because it's not going to last. <laughs> But, I mean, I still think Felino serves his purpose. Hartman's taking penalties that are, I mean, I mean, the coach thought about benching him at, at one point. Um, I just, look, I didn't think he was as good as he was last season, but I thought there was, like, somewhere in between, and I feel like we're too far. I would have no problem replacing him on that line. And, and like, with Marcus, I ain't replacing him. So Hartman's my biggest disappointment. My Biggest surprise should probably be Sam Steele, but it's not. It's Ryan Reeves. Um, I had no idea what he was. Like, I knew he was an a old-school tough guy, enforcer type, which basically don't exist now. But here's the thing that has really pleasantly surprised me. He cannot finish to save his life. He can't score. Like, a, a, like, like he turns into hands of stone. But I thought he was like that all the time. He actually has a good feeling. He has good hockey sets. Like, he makes some plays. Now, when the puck is in front, he's sort of hopeless. But, like, you watch him in neutral, Jesse, or you watch him in the defensive zone or or going into the offensive zone, Ryan Reeves has a far more complete game. Because I, I thought he would be a guy who, if you were playing a certain opponent, would be really scratchable. Like, no problem. Mm-hmm. I've changed that. I think he can play. I think he plays a complete enough game. And then to your point from before, Jess, he brings so much to the room, to the bench. Um, He's such a character, but he has control of things. Uh, He has, I have been actually very, very shocked by a guy that, that we had seen play for the blues and the golden Knights and the Rangers. I've been shocked at how little we knew about his game. And when you watch him, the appreciation that you gain for Ryan Reeves game. For as big as he is, too, he can move. Like, I've always, I'm have i very impressed by that aspect. I'm like, you're a big boy out there, and he can skate up and down the ice pretty quickly. And, yeah, his personality. I am the unofficial president of the Ryan Reese fan club, if you guys would like <laughs> to join, because he just cracks me up. Like him, Matt Boldy, when he signed his contract earlier this week, Ryan Reeves was in the background just yelling, 49 sheets, and just, like, chirping <laughs> him the whole time with enthusiasm. Like, it's easy to see why the team loves him. Uh, he's been a great, a surprising, you're right, Judd, a surprisingly great addition to the squad. All right, last thing before we wrap this up, and th- this is actually a league-wide thing. Connor McDavid said he would like to see the league go to 10 minutes of three-on-three 
eliminate the shootout. And if you are tied after 10, which you probably won't be most of the time, obviously, it is a tie. Declan, you start your thoughts on on an idea that actually comes from a source who is uh, who is pretty damn respected since he's the best player in the league. Uh, I love the addition of extending the three on three. I think they should as well. I can't get down with ties. Like I, I as much as I don't like the shootout, um, we did it, hockey did such a good job of getting away from that. And to be honest, I just I hate that there's draws. I hate that there was a tie in the NFL this season. Um, <laughs> as much as World Cup is fun. Like, you can draw your first two qualifier games and still figure out a way to get out in the knockout stage. Like, I, I don't like ties in any sport. So I'm down to extend the ten on, uh, to from three on three to ten minutes. I think it, it should happen. And then if it has to go into a shootout, it's probably going to be such a low percentage that it's fine there. So, yeah, make it happen. I'm down for that. Uh, but no ties. Absolutely no ties. As the great Julie the Cat Gaffney once said, ties are like kissing your brother. Uh, And I completely agree. I don't want it to end in a tie. I don't hate shootouts as much as everybody else does. Like, they're fine. I don't really have a hard stance one way or another. But I do agree. I think it'd be great to extend the three-on-three. And then, just as Declan said, move into a shootout and, and see what's what. I mean, I understand why you can't just continue overtime naturally because you've got the health and fatigue of these players that you want to be considerate of. But... I don't want it to end in tie. Keep the shootout, extend the overtime, as Declan had said, and uh, let's let's see what happens. When I was growing up, you had ties after three periods. They didn't even <laughs> play an OT. That that was in, introduced when I was like sixteen. Um, I have no problem with ties in this league because it's a points. So like like I'm with Dex. I hate ties where you don't have a point. So so like it's a win percentage thing because it's so damn confusing. At least for, for my poor. A brain when it comes to math but this is a points league and here's my thing i don't mind ties because of this it's one thing to me that's key besides trying to jack up the amount of excitement there is no reason that this league now can't go by win percentage like you could if you're going to finish every game it's yeah. win percentage it's mm-hmm. not points like they're doing that to create false uh basically what become false races between some bad teams so i actually don't mind ties but i love this idea the three on three to me and for anyone who says that's not the sport well you know what the shootout is a skills competition three on three is basically pond hockey and these kids grew up playing pond hockey so i find a big difference between the i think i think the shootouts just uh run its course the three on three i could watch that all day Mm -hmm. so i love that all right, Jesse Pierce, great stuff. Thank you so much. Great de- debut. And before you go, I want to show you a couple of things because I, th- I know that you will appreciate these. Declan's oh going to roll his eyes quickly. Check this out. North Star nice. Puck and a North Ooh, Star Puck. Huh? Those. This is from the Stanley Cup run. This is from probably 80s or so. Yeah, I got uh-huh. one that you might appreciate, but probably not as much. I just have a bunch of bobbleheads that you can't see back oh, here. Oh, Jeff loves bobbleheads. Oh, I, love I know bobbleheads. he does. Are you yeah. kidding? Oh Danny my God. Heatley. He's broken now, but oh, yeah. oh, you know, uh, you're it's kidding. Tell, tell yeah. the pun intended, 100%. <laughs> tell the kids to leave the bobbleheads alone. I know. That's why my mom has like all of them. I think I showed you a picture of those at her house up, up in that's International awesome. Falls. And she's like, I can't give them to you because she doesn't trust my heathen of children. So well, she's probably right. All right, yeah. Jack, take us home. All right, hit the subscribe button for uh, Daily Minnesota Wild Entertainment. And, of course, um, go check out some St. Thomas hockey uh, later this weekend. The St. Thomas uh, University also just got a, a grant, actually, or a donation, excuse me, for a private donor for 
a on-campus multi-use hockey and basketball arena. Uh, you can also hear those games right here on 1500 AM in the Twin Cities. We are the home of Tommy Sports. So go check out uh, University of St. Thomas. Hit the subscribe button, too, for daily Minnesota Wild Entertainment. And uh, we'll be back later this week. That, a new reinforcement will join us, uh, I believe, tomorrow, right, Judd? Uh, Thursday? Yeah. Tomorrow's Thursday. Thursday. I've lost track of the days. Yep. So Judd will lose track of the days. Shout out to Jesse. She'll join us every Wednesday right here on Judd's Hockey Show. We'll be talking at you later this week.